The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw some man casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the dominion of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Where their warm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Pop the popcorn, folks. It's going to be a good show. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this phrase in my social media feeds in the past few years. It's become a popular expression to use when something exciting is about to happen. Or when, as in recent weeks, a conflict has grown so intense that the hopeful onlookers prepare to sit back and soak it all in as if they're at a thrilling movie. Now, a simple Google search taught me this week that this phrase, pop the popcorn, is also code for getting high. As in, you want to pop some popcorn? But that's for another sermon. Or is it? In today's story from the book of Esther, there's plenty of drunkenness and merrymaking. So pop the popcorn and get ready for an exciting story. A story that is told in the Bible, of all places, about an inept king, his devious wingman, and an unexpected heroine. This story includes powerful, elite men partying to excessive drunkenness, a harem full of virgin girls, deaths that are commanded by the king, and a young woman who saves her people at great risk to her own life. It's a story that's rarely told in Christian circles, at least not liturgical ones like ours, but it is a favorite among the Jewish people and reenacted each year for the festival of Purim. According to the Talmud, the source for studying Jewish law, the people who are celebrating Purim are encouraged to get so drunk that they cannot distinguish between cursed be Haman and blessed be Mordecai. Well, there'll be none of that today. I'm sorry. Just popcorn. The story begins with a detailed description of an elaborate party that's hosted by the Persian king. 
King Assyrius. As was common in Persian culture, in the Persian ruling class, they hosted extravagant parties, and this one was no different. Not only were there expensive and exotic furnishings, there was also a never-ending stream flowing of the very best wine. Now the king, after getting a little tipsy, asked his wife Vashti to be summoned to the court wearing only her crown. Do you hear that? Naked. That's right. Queen Vashti, though, refuses to be paraded naked in front of a bunch of drunken men. And for doing that, she pays the ultimate price for disobeying the king. She was banished from the kingdom immediately. Now, eventually, the king got lonely, and he took the advice of his guys and began looking for a new wife. And a nationwide search for a new queen began, the first ever recorded beauty contest. And Esther was given by her uncle to be part of this new harem of virgin girls. After 12 full months of preparations, cosmetic preparations, each girl was presented to the king for a one-night trial period. Um, but I'm, you know, well, anyway. <laughs> but young Esther pleased the king so much that he put the royal crown on her head and she became the queen. Now, the king did not know that she was Jewish. Esther's uncle, Mordecai, stayed in touch with her, and when he learned of a plot to kill king Morde- the king, Mordecai told Esther, and she warned the king. And the plotters against the king were hanged immediately. And Mordecai's warning was recorded in the king's records, which will come in handy in just a few minutes. Now, remember when I mentioned the king's wingman? His name is Haman, and he was the king's closest advisor. Let's just say he's the vice president. At one public event, Mordecai, the uncle, refused to bow down to Haman, and the boy, and boy, did that make Haman mad. After a lot of back and forth between the two, Haman plotted to destroy all of the Jews in Persia. He told the king that these people were different, that they obeyed different laws, they spoke another language, that they couldn't be trusted, that they were a danger to keeping his kingdom great. The Jews, Haman said, must be eliminated for the good of the kingdom. So the king agreed and wrote a decree to have all of the Jews in his kingdom killed. But still the king did not realize that his beloved wife, Esther, and Mordecai, the man that saved his life, were Jews. So Esther and Mordecai came up with a plan. But this plan was risky. To approach the king without first being summoned was breaking the law, and she would be punished by immediate death. Esther, she knew the risk, though, and boldly said, If I die, I die. So be it. So at enormous personal risk, Esther broke the law and went into the throne of the king, Osarius, but instead of killing her, he was charmed 
So Esther invited him to a banquet in her quarters. And she also invited Haman, the deceiver, to attend. Now during this dinner party, the king told her that he would grant whatever she wished, even half of his kingdom, which is an extravagant offer from a foolish king. But her only request that day was simple, that they both attend another lavish party the next day. And it's here at this second party that we come to today's scripture reading. As they were drinking wine, the king said again, What is your wish, Esther? I'll give you anything you want. And Esther asks that her life be spared and her people be saved. She says, Because we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed to be annihilated. And the king asks, Who is he? Where is he? Who would presume to do such a thing? And Esther points to Haman and says, This wicked man. I can imagine this soap opera response. Can you see it with me? That Haman's like, And and the king's like, And then, and then, um, and then she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the camera pans from face to face, and they all wait in silence, dun dun dun, for the next move. Haman, you see, he was trapped. There was no way to talk himself out of the mess that he made for himself. He was taken out by the king's servants and hanged immediately in the very place that he had prepared for Mordecai's murder. Haman did not repent for his hatred of the Jewish people. He begged for his own life, but he gave no indication of any change of heart. And the Jewish people in Persia were saved from destruction. The festival of Purim was established to be celebrated each year with feasting and gladness for the sending of gifts of food to one another and for giving presents to the poor. Now, isn't that a great story? Now, I'll be honest, I knew none of this story a week ago today. I knew that Esther was a queen, and that was about it. But I'm going to tell you that I sure did enjoy reading this story and learning all about it during this week. (laughs) Esther found herself in a unique position to confront the powers that are threatening her and her people. And she made a bold decision to plead her case and tell her truth. Let my life and the life of my people be given to me. That is my request. And because she speaks up and puts herself on the line for countless others, the Jewish people living in a foreign land are saved. Saved from the destructive powers of a system that protects the powerful elite and keeps the other oppressed. She risked it all, and through great courage and trust, she claimed her own identity, claimed her own truth, and because of her bravery, God's story continued. And speaking of God, here's another fun fact about Esther, the book of Esther. God is never mentioned, not even once 
God's name is hidden from the story, but that doesn't mean that God isn't present. And then Esther's name means I will hide, and hide she did for several years. But she did not stay hidden when the time was most urgent. And I would bet that there are many among us here who also feel at times that God is hidden from them. But just as we find God's presence in the book of Esther, we can find God revealed clearly through the courageous acts of vulnerable people today who risk everything to save others in the callous disregard from those in power. When the working poor come together and demand a fair and equitable wage, God's hope for justice is not hidden. When immigrants tell their stories and seek safety from family violence and war, God's desire for wholeness and peace is not hidden. And when women stand together and tell the truth, of the sexual violence that we have experienced, God's very own weeping is not hidden. Just this week and in countless other circumstances, we have witnessed God at work in the world through people like Esther, who have risked everything to speak truth to power so that their lives and the lives of others can be lived in freedom and wholeness. Like Esther, You have been called to holy and important work to speak on behalf of your people. And connected to other people of faith in this place, we are empowered to passionately and wisely share what we know about God's presence and God's faithfulness to a broken people. Maybe you were silent in the past. Maybe you hid who you truly are for fear of punishment or attack. But no more. No more. It's time to speak about who you are, about what you believe, about what it means for the way that you live your life. And you are not alone. God is not hidden. God is with you. So pop the popcorn and get ready for an exciting adventure. And together we will turn away from all that weighs us down and turn toward what is holy and life-giving for everyone. Amen.